0: Welcome to today's bonus episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I'm here joined by a special guest, actually, and today we're not going to be discussing the Brewers. We are going to be talking about another Wisconsin sports team, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have had a great season so far. They're in the postseason right now and coming up on a huge series. They play the Brooklyn Nets starting on Saturday, and really, I think whoever comes out of this series is the favorite. So to discuss the series, to talk about it, to uh, create some excitement around it, we brought in Michael Correo, who is the account owner of the biggest Bucks fan page on Instagram. You can find him at Bucks House. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to dive into the Bucks. We we really haven't talked about the Bucks much on this podcast. Maybe a little bit about the disappointment uh, with the Miami Heat series last year, um, but really haven't talked too much about them. I know it's a Brewers podcast, but I would think a lot of the a lot of the fans listening do enjoy the Bucs and do um, enjoy rooting for the other uh, Milwaukee pro sports team. Before we get started, uh, tell us a little bit about your page. You're at Bucks House on Instagram. You've grown it quite a bit. You have, I think, about 14,000 followers there. Uh, how'd you get the page started?
1: It was my either my sophomore or junior year in high school, and I, I kind of experimented with a few other like NBA pages, and they didn't have too much success. So I really wanted to try one specific niche of just the Milwaukee Bucks because it's something I'm very passionate about. So um, I started, I think, April of 2017. And then from then on out, uh, I had a, a rough first two years. I wasn't very active, but in these past three years, I've, I've picked up the pace on the page and uh, I'm at, I think, 14.2 thousand. So that's where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, you certainly picked a good time to uh, get the page started, uh, coinciding with uh, Giannis's uh, rise to stardom and Mike Budenholzer taking over, which was really the turning point I think for the Bucks. Uh, actually, was it was it April of 2017 that Kid was fired? Was that 18? Uh, it was a little a little later.
1: I think it was 20, 2018. Okay, because I, I was running the page by then, so I, I posted about that.
0: And I know you were very sad to see Jason Kidd go at the time. Oh yes, of
1: course. I I mean I, I wish he was the coach today. I mean, we'd be in a much better position.
0: Yeah, of course. Bucks not being able to really get over the hill in the regular season, even with uh, Jason Kidd. Um, but tell us a little bit more. I know you um, you've had some pretty cool interactions with some current and former Bucks players. I know Michael Red has reached out to you. Another player, I think, asked to like repost your edit of him or something. Who was that again? That
1: was Jared Dudley um i posted his highlights um i think he had a game where he went 10 for 10 in a game so it was i believe it was uh during the off season or the the break period for uh 19 when the season suspended and i was looking for things to post so i posted that game not thinking much of it um it's one of my most liked posts of all time right now and one day i just got a comment from him and um, just a couple emojis. And then he would message me saying, um, you know, can I have the the post? That was probably one of the craziest interactions I've had. That's the only time I've ever gotten a repost from a player. I know it's Jared Dudley, so it's not like some all-star player, but um, it's still pretty cool that, you know, people who are actively in the league reaching out for you for um, stuff that I do.
0: Yeah, still a cool (laughs) interaction. Uh, Even if it is Jared Dudley, who was still a, a solid role player with the Bucs a number of years ago. Um, but now let's move forward a little bit. The Bucks are uh, going into this, this very tough series against Brooklyn. Certainly hopes to be an exciting series. Um, we've probably got maybe the two best teams in the NBA. Would you say that's the case?
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of people say that this is draw comparisons to just the finals in general and thinking that this is where the NBA Finals is. This is going to be the best series um, that this postseason has to offer, and I, I think that's that's not a bad take. I think we've got two teams who are very star-powered, and um, I'm really excited
0: and looking forward to what we can do. So looking at Brooklyn's offense, of course they have three premier Scorers, premier offensive players. Kyrie Irving may be a little bit overrated at this point. Uh, still a good player, but uh, no no longer the Kyrie Irving back of uh, a 2014-2015 time frame. Do you see Drew Holiday guarding James Harden, or do you think that they choose to put a guy like Bryn Forbes or Pat Connaughton on him?
1: Yeah, it really depends on what we're trying to do. If we're still uh, looking to switch or if we're uh, in the drop coverage that we're in, Uh, I will say that um, in 2019 in the playoffs versus Boston, uh, Mike Budenholzer had a really good game plan for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving struggled a lot in that series, and um, I'm not quite sure if Eric Bledsoe was guarding him at the time, but whatever we did, we know how to stop him, and we've had success there. I know James Harden is a tough player. He's a different. He's definitely a different player than he was in years past. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving came out and said that James Harden is the point guard of the team. So he can he can do a lot of things. He's he's um, improved his assist numbers. I think he's he's really looking to facilitate, and that's the thing with this these Nets team that's tough is they have so many options so it's not just James Harden you need to get a shot off um, he doesn't need to score 40 50 points for them to win he can score you know I think the other day he had a uh, 23 points and 18 assists or something ridiculous so yeah I'm definitely interested I would say I would like to see Giannis to start on Kevin Durant and then you could really put Drew on anyone I think he's elite enough to stop Harden but um, yeah, it'll definitely be
0: interesting to see what what goes on there. Do you see Harden as the biggest threat against the Bucks this series, or do you th- see uh, Durant being a bigger threat, or maybe one of the other guys uh, who has made a mark? Maybe maybe it is Kyrie, maybe it is Joe Harris, or Blake Griffin might be a mismatch on Brooke Lopez. Uh, do you see Do you see Harden being the biggest threat against the Bucks?
1: Um, I think it's Kevin Durant right now. I think it's closer than people might think. Um as i said james harden has improved a lot and um, he can do a lot more i think in my opinion than he has been in years past and um so i think it would be a valid argument to say that he's he's the most dangerous um but kevin durant we all know what he can do we all know what he's capable of and whether you're a fan of him or not we all know that when his teams need him he can step up i think in the boston series he averaged 32 points per game and he's very capable of putting up big numbers yet again and he's the most the one with the most postseason success i would argue um, over anyone
0: on that team moving over towards the the buck side we talked a lot about brooklyn so far uh, but we saw in the last series one of the later games dante di out with an injury injured his foot and found out that he actually will be out for the rest of the postseason should the bucks continue to advance do you see that as playing a big role in the Bucks' success or or maybe a lack of success because of it? We, Bryn Forbes, of course, emerged big in the Miami series. They do have Pat Connaughton still back there, could back up at shooting guard, um, but the depth thinned out a little bit. Of course, losing one of your starters, never what you want uh, in the postseason. How do you see the DiVincenzo loss affecting the Bucks?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a big loss. He hasn't put up big numbers this postseason, and he's kind of struggled offensively, Um especially towards the end of the season. But defensively, he uh, really improved over the season. He definitely had his miscues in the beginning, and he kind of looked lost at times. But as the season has gone on, he has improved. And you could see that in the Miami Heat series in late-game possessions, where he was guarding Jimmy Butler, playing great defense on him and just overall in the series he was playing really well he's playing active i think one of the great things about him is his rebounding ability like you he kind of um there are rebounds he goes for that you don't think he should even be able to get and he gets those rebounds so he's a really good um energetic player he's a young player and it's just really unfortunate for us that um we lose him at this time i think for brooklyn um that helps them a lot they've got joe harris who um Really, when he is successful, the Brooklyn Nets are successful. So I have this tweet from Jim Ocharski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and it says, Joe Harris having eight points usually isn't conducive to the Nets winning. When he scored 10 or fewer points in the regular season, the Nets lost 10 times. Beyond that, if he did not meet his season average of 14 points, the Nets lost 17 times. They lost a total of 24 games. So a lot of what they do, I won't say he is the X-factor for the Brooklyn Nets, but a lot of their success um, is in part because of Joe Harris. And I was looking into um, the earlier matchups this season. The two losses that were played in Milwaukee, um, he had 12 points and a 5-point game, which is obviously under his 14-point per game average. And when we went to Brooklyn earlier in the year and lost... Um, he had 20 points, very efficient, and um, he, you know, he was a big reason for that. Obviously, Bryn Forbes is not a good defender, so we'll have to find ways to slow down Joe Harris so um, the Nets don't have him as a, a good
0: option. So the Brooklyn Nets, they have a great offense, but their defense is a little bit lacking. Do you see the Bucks' offense as really being able to take advantage of that?
1: Yeah, I do, and I think that kind of shows in our season averages against... Brooklyn, I think Giannis is up around 39 points per game. Um, Drew Holiday is around 21 points per game, which is up from his season average. Um, and, you know, that's the trend for a lot of these Bucks players. And um, I think, you know, Brooklyn's going to get their baskets. They're going to score points. And um, with three superstars, you would kind of hope for their sake that they would uh, be able to use them properly. Um, so they're going to get theirs no matter what. But with that being said, obviously everyone kind of knows, they're, I think they are 22nd, I believe, in defensive rating. They're not a very good defensive team. And um, with guys stepping up like Bryn Forbes, Chris Middleton, um, guys who can shoot the ball, we can really uh, exploit their defense. And as I said, 39 points per game for Giannis in the regular season against Brooklyn. So um, that's one thing to look for to see how well he attacks their, their uh,
0: defense. Yeah, I think if Giannis scores 39 points per game on average this series, puts the Bucks in a pretty good spot going in. So before we, we head out today, um, I want a prediction. What do you think the series is going to end up? Uh, do you think the Bucks are going to take it, the Nets? How many games do you think it's going to last in the seven-game set between the two clubs?
1: I have to, I have to go with my Bucks here. Um, I, I think no one can really blame me there. I'm kind of a homer at times. Um, I'm having trouble thinking about six or seven. Um, I, I was a little bit nervous, uh, at the beginning, uh, if it does go to game seven, how that would be, how we, how we would react and how we would play and how home court would play. Cause obviously Brooklyn has home court and just watching their first round playoff series versus Boston. And I know Boston is not a great team, but their crowd was nowhere to be found. Um, they had to beg, pretty much beg their fans to go to their games. So, um, uh, I think we can win in a game seven, but um, I'm just gonna go with Bucks and six.
0: You never can go wrong with the Bucks and six, the old <laughs> adage, uh, coined by Brandon Jennings, I believe. Uh, and I would have to say something similar. I would, I would probably go Bucks and seven. Uh, it's gonna be tough if the Bucks make it that far, but I do think they have what it takes to outlast the Nets. So certainly be on the watch for that Bucks Nets series begins Saturday. I think at 6:30 p.m. is the first game. It's going to be a great series. If you're a basketball fan, you're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, could be the biggest series of the entire postseason. Um, I think the winner of this series probably the title favorite. Uh, so again, before we go, make sure to check out Michael Correo's page at Buck's House on Instagram. Uh, just two words, Buck's House. Uh, he's got some great edits, great uh, analysis, great, uh, great videos, highlight videos and opinions. Uh, on the Milwaukee Bucks. So, if you're a Bucks fan, be sure to check out his page on Instagram. Terrific page, and the biggest Bucks fan page on Instagram. So, once again, thank you, Michael, for joining, and that's going to be all for today's episode. And this time, signing off differently, go Bucks.